Let's just ask for God's help here. Lord, we do need you. Without you, we can do nothing. And Lord, we do rejoice that you've given us your word, that you've also given your spirit to dwell within us. And I pray that your spirit would do a very special work in all the Sunday school classes that are taking place right now. Lord, thank you for the faithful teachers that study and prepare, and we pray you'd bless them, encourage them today that their labor is not in vain. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to see things from your perspective and to understand your ways and see how you want us to live them out in our lives We pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you were to rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 in regard to um, end-time prophecies and the study of those, I'm not going to ask you to, to say, but where would you put yourself? One being, I don't. I don't like hearing about it. I just want to live my life. And ten being that um, you are into it and you know when Antichrist is going to set up his digital currency and this and that or whatever. Okay, so those are the two extremes. Okay, and... and um, In understanding, in any part of life, there are spectrums, and we as people tend to be on, sad to say many times, I use the pendulum illustration, we swing the pendulum, and generations often do. When one generation swings it here, another swings it over here, and and in a church body, it's really important that we learn. Maturity is understanding, you know, God has equipped people. He's given them experiences. He's, he's at work in their lives. And um, they, I may be a 10 and they may be a 1, but there's things I can learn from them. Or I may be a 5 and they may be a 3. And to learn to value and accept um, accept that that's where they are from their experience, from maturity, uh, and to value it and appreciate it and to learn from it. And uh, it that's an important part of life. And when we... When we come to that, it helps us in a in a great deal. Um, I'm I'm gonna have Jay pull up a, an illustration here, and um, this is. I just want to point some things. This isn't from a necessarily a biblical perspective, in the sense that. It was from some commentary or anything. But 
there is all kinds of information. Start at the bottom. All kinds of information that is available. And God said in the last days, information would multiply in incredible manners. What we do with that information is also very important. I mean, we can choose to just pick one area, as it mentions here, not see the whole. Or um, we can choose to just be ignorant of it and... I don't want to hear um, about those things in whatever it is, in any aspect. But ignorance then leads to, I would say, dis- disillusion, that you're not really seeing things pers- from a right perspective. And then when we don't see things from a right perspective, and we meet reality, it leads to confusion. Like, oh, I don't know that what's going on. And the confusion can have basically three responses. I don't know if you can see it, but complacency, doesn't matter. Desperation, the sky is falling. Or division, which Satan always uses division, and it could be left and right, it could be whatever else. And um, so the key in that is how we respond to information. And um, I want to emphasize today the need for us to be prepared. I don't know what is in the future for us, but I tend to go by this mantra, prepare for the worst and hope for the best or pray for the best, okay? And, And... As I look throughout history and understand um, what Jesus said about those that are his followers, that all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, we can on one hand think, but before the persecution gets bad, Jesus Christ is going to come again. Or on the other hand, oh, all this talk about the sky falling. Yeah, yeah, we've heard that. In 2000, Y2K, remember that? How many of you were sucked into it? My hand's up. Okay. And that just confirms you guys don't know what you're talking about. All right? So... The reality is that um, Jesus predicted, not predicted, Jesus foretold that um, families would be divided because of him, that a person's enemies would be those of his own household, 
He warned his followers that they would be hated by all nations, that they would be put to death for his name's sake. He said, many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And there's many other references there um, throughout Scripture that convey, read Hebrews 11. People were hiding in caves, living in uh, sheepskins and goatskins and sawn asunder and all those things. And yes, I, I would love to think that the Lord's going to come before we, we have that. But honestly, think, why should we as Americans have that? The people in Nigeria aren't experiencing that. The people in Ukraine aren't experiencing delivered before any difficult. I mean, around the world, most of them aren't. And the way our nation's going to think that we'd be delivered before we have to suffer, probably not a good idea, but I'm, I'd still like that to happen. You know, if I had rate your choices one, two, three, that'd be number one. And number one would be come today, right now, okay? Um, but what if that doesn't happen? And what if things really get tough? Will, will that lead to the confusion in, I thought, I thought God was going to deliver me. Or I, I didn't think this was going to happen. And, and will that shake our faith? And I think you, you have to see that um, we're living in unique times. I mean, there's never been times in history where so many pieces of the puzzle are fitting together. But... How does that, how do we fit into that? And, and what's our response to it? Um, in 1937, a deputy of Stalin's gave a rousing speech in praise of Joseph Stalin. Now, Joseph Stalin was a dictator over the Soviet Union from 1922 to 1952. Um, no one knows the precise number of political prisoners that he executed. Estimates reach well over a million during just the year of the Great Purge, 1937 to 1938. And, of course, millions others were... Um, killed in the gulag labor camps and millions of others were starved to death from the famines that he created. I mean, you go back in history, this Russia-Ukraine thing has been long going. There were many Ukrainians starved to death under, under Stalin. But this deputy gave this rousing speech of praise to Joseph Stalin, and the audience stood to their feet and began clapping. And the applause went on for five minutes and seven minutes and nine minutes, just rousing applause. And 
And it continued. And some in the back where, where they were, weren't seen and noticed were getting a little feeble in it. But the applause continued over 11 minutes. And at that point, the director of the paper factory assumed a business-like expression, sat down in his seat, and quit clapping, and everyone else did the same thing. That same night, that man was arrested. He was sentenced to ten years in prison. And um, after he signed his paperwork, his interrogator reminded him, don't ever be the first one to stop applauding. Today, in our politically correct culture, people and corporations don't want to be the first ones to stop clapping. So they're going along with many of these things. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who was in the Gulag prisons for eight years, said, how does freedom die? He said, it dies by thunderous applause. Meaning, everybody going along. We're, we're living in, in our nation... Society's message today is clear. The society's message is our need for unquestioned affirmation cancels your religious freedom. If we can't control you, we'll cancel you. That's the message that that is there. And... Presently, the list of alleged um, identifications of extremists is someone who believes in strong borders, who doesn't feel guilty about their skin or ethnic heritage, who disagrees about climate change agenda, who disagrees with the value of the vaccines, who is pro-life, or who believes in the biblical definition of marriage. Anyone who holds to any of these views can be labeled as an extremist. So, it's like, how long do we go along clapping? And it's not, not that the government's not in on it, but now it's corporations that are doing this. And canceling, if you don't go along with this, then you can't work here or you can't get a contract from us. Or So we, somewhere along the line, we're going to have to face and say, this is where I draw the line. You may have seen the um, hockey player that, the team was going to honor homosexual lifestyle by their warm-ups and rainbow on their sticks. And he said, no, I'm not going to. I'm, 
not against them, but they can respect mine. I'm not going to. And the outcry that it got from that, and on the other hand, his jersey sold out across the nation, you know. So, but that's just one simple example. But we need to be prepared. What do I believe and where do I draw the line? John Milton said, give me the liberty to know, to utter, and to argue freely according to my conscience. And, and that really is, is what they don't want to happen. They don't want a, a dialogue on these things. And, and so we need to come to realize, okay, what is it that I need to speak? I mentioned Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Um, was put in the, the labor camps. The purpose of those was to brainwash prisoners and change them into being good, obedient communists. But when he was in, in the camp, he had earlier renounced his faith of a child and became a committed communist, but then... He began to see the realities that it didn't match up. And uh, he was put in prison because he um, wrote a letter to a friend criticizing Stalin. And while he was in prison, he was in the prison hospital, and one of the doctors sat at his bedside and told him a story of how the doctor, he, had become a follower of Jesus Christ and why he became a follower of Jesus Christ. That night, the doctor was clubbed to death, but Solzhenitsyn became a Christian. He said, the God of the universe wrote on my heart that night, and I believed. And from that account, there was a doctor that could have kept his mouth shut and gone on living. He Apparently, he was a doctor in the Gulag Hospital. But there was a higher calling for him, and... Undoubtedly, he knew the danger of it. But there's three things that we can learn from this. One, we must have the courage to stop clapping when others around us are resentfully obedient to the elite rulers. I mean... We may not be able to overturn the kingdom of lies, but we can at least say that we're not going to propagate them and we're not going to act like we go along with them. And it comes down to Christ. See, this doctor, it was about Christ. And you, 
you say there is no God in our kingdom and, and we are gods. And he said, no, I'm going to tell this person I'm ministering to there is a God and this is why I love him and this is how I've come to do that. Secondly, we must be willing to be vilified even as we speak the truth. We may be insulted, even persecuted, but it's the verdict with God that matters. And and again, I say all this hoping it doesn't, doesn't happen. And it may not in our life. I have no clue. But I know one thing. It's better to be prepared to think through these things. What, how much does Christ mean to me? I mean, to be vilified and spoken evil of. And then thirdly, we learn from this, you have no idea what God will do with your witness. Alexander Solzhenitsyn has influenced multitudes of people. That doctor, as he sat there sharing Christ, had no idea what was going to happen to him. Maybe he did. But he had no idea how that seed planted in that patient's life would influence untold multitudes of other people. And it's just like, it's easy for us to get discouraged. It'd be easy for that doctor as he's taken that night and clubbed to death to think, what a waste, but only eternity will reveal what is really a waste. And you might be canceled on earth, but your faithfulness will be honored in heaven. Um, It's important that we, and this ties in with be strong, it's important that we develop some mindset and think about, God, I do not want to dishonor you. And, and I am not standing here and saying, man, I know I'm going to stand. I pray, God, help me not to dishonor you. If, if the going gets tough and, you know, it comes between life and death or having food and not having food, God, help me to choose you. I, but we need to keep developing that love for God that He is all to me. He, take the world, but give me Jesus. And, and that that love is the love of our life. And, and then to think about, okay, when it comes to, when it comes to this, you're at work. And your co-worker says, my pronouns, a man says, my pronouns are her and she. Or he comes in and says, I'm no longer Mike, I'm Becky. I mean, those things are going to happen. It's not just in New York City or L.A. They are happening. And... 
Um, I don't want to get necessarily into the nitty-gritty of all these things, but we have to think about these things. Is there truth? Am I going to identify with truth? At what cost? Um, And that's where it comes down. This is where we stand individually in this. There's nobody else that will come alongside and, I mean, you're going to be alone in this with God if you're in the truth camp. And and I know how I know how slippery and evasive and my heart can be and I can rationalize. Well, if I I'm not really denying you, Lord, cuz this will open a door of ministry here if I just kind of go along. I'm clapping, but in my heart, I'm not. See, I guess what I'm trying to do today is get us... We've skated along thinking like everything's good. And it has been. I mean, we've been able to meet like this and do all these things, but... The hatred that Satan and his forces have for anything of God is unrelenting. But God is greater. But that doesn't mean it, it may not cost us. Bonhoeffer again said, Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. So, um, understanding where we are so that we don't end up with our faith in crisis. I didn't think this would happen. I mean, like I said, all around the world, Christians are suffering. And, and there have been many generations that haven't suffered. My parents and grandparents, as followers of Christ, did not suffer for being followers of Christ. But that doesn't mean that may be true for me. So... What do I do as a result? Man, I, I better be building my faith. I better be thinking, is what I'm doing now investing that's going to help me stand? Because the bottom line is, did we stay true to God? That's, that's the bottom line. So... Before I go on, I've been talking a lot. Your thoughts or questions or 
or arguments opposed? Okay. Um, <laughs> I saw a sign this week that has stuck with me all week. And it, it's between Martindale and Norwalk on Highway 28 on the east side. Four by two by a great big sign. And, and to back up to what you're talking about, it's cancel culture. Your pendulum, which we always refer to, the cancel culture is over here. God is the perfect father. Exactly. And you better tie your wagon only to God. There's no man that's going to save us. And there's no movement that's going to save us. It is, it is on, only, only God. And, and I believe Satan in, Satan in his seductive, sly manner, he's the one behind the extremist on each end, I really believe, in the, in the sense, talking in the cancel culture and, and the other ones then taking it, we're going to go wipe them out and do this. I mean, you know, it, you, again, you can't tie your faith to anybody but God. And you better make sure that hitch pin is solid to God. So, all right. Where? Oh, okay. Totally agree. Let me mention on the first thing. There is so much information. We need the Spirit of God to help us even sort through. I don't need this. You know, there's certain things. I don't need to know all this. Um, and and it, it's clickbait everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Uh 16-year-old shot in Des Moines, dot, dot, dot. It, what, what's, how's it going to change your life knowing that? But that's just one little illustration. I mean, there's so much. And we really need God help me to know what, what I need to know to represent you well. And, and that's why 
our personal walk with God and have a close relationship with the Spirit of God so that that we are hearing from the Spirit and He's directing us so that we know in that information and we are able to filter it through um, through Scripture, that we allow the Spirit of God to filter everything through Scripture. And then, you know, choosing our battles, sometimes we get completely off, completely off what God has called us to. The number one thing is proclaiming the gospel. The number two thing is protecting the opportunity to proclaim the gospel. But if we're not doing the number one thing, then other things become more important. And um, that doctor chose the number one thing. That was a battle that was worth dying for. And he did. And and it is. But to really come back, is that the number one thing with my life? Sharing the gospel? My love for God? I mean, I can't contain it. And that really brings some soul searching in our life. And a lot of these other things... It's it's like Satan's laughing. What well, you know? It's it's like he throws a lure in front. Watch him come after this, you know. And he just keeps pulling it, and we get in deep water and swallowed by sharks. That God says, "Where were you going with that?" And much of that, ah, there's so many things in there. But our ego, I need to prove I'm right, and you may be right, but. You won the battle but lost the war. And and we really need wisdom to get back to God's work. In Haggai, they were working and could say, man, what a great testimony. Christians have the nicest houses in the community. I mean, we're a great testimony here. And God said, look at my house. And to build what is God's desire, and that brings us back to the gospel. Right. And and it is. It's dependent upon the Spirit. The Spirit will guide and direct. But have you ever tried guiding and directing a parked car? The Spirit will guide us when we're moving toward God. It's, it's the Spirit will do it. But we have to extend energy and effort. And, and we ought to. The first thing is we ought to ask. 
God, I need you as I sit down to read your word. Or today I'm going out into this. Man, I, I have no idea what's coming. I need your spirit's direction. I need you to open my eyes. And then we get in and, and we pursue and we think on the word and, and do that. And he will, he will direct us. And again, coming back to the priority, is it, is it about the gospel? And I think, I think what's motivated a lot of Christians in the last eight years has been preserving my safety and security and comforts of this nation. And I don't think that's a, a high priority on God's program. Um, I think we ought to do all we can to stand for truth and righteousness exalts a nation so in that sense, we want to exalt it and lift it up, but it, it does come down to righteousness. So, um, again, I say my purpose is to make us think and, and to say, am I prepared? Am I preparing, I guess would be a better term, because I don't think any of us can ever say, I'm prepared. Am I preparing? How am I preparing? And um, what else do I need to do to prepare? But you, you look around and you can't help but acknowledge that the can't... I always want to say cancer culture. The cancel culture is, is strong and gaining momentum and it's... It's in typical, um, it's being carried out through corporations, through businesses, through, and all that trickles down. Right, right. Right, and and that's the censoring that's going on that the fact checkers won't let this go out. <laughs> you don't want them spitting in your food, right? Um, 
Much of these businesses, it's a business decision that you will put it on on there. We're doing that out of respect to people so that they can know how to address you and that that's all. Um, if, if I was in a restaurant, I guess I wouldn't call them anything, you know. <laughs> I don't know. We need wisdom. You don't, again, the gospel is the first thing. We can fight over this and with a, a negative spirit that hinders. But at the same time, where do you draw the line? I mean, those are where we need the wisdom of God. So, Okay. Well, enough for you to think about today, right? But we have to be alert. It's not just stick our head in the sand and think everything's going to continue as it was. Um, and ultimately, it ought to drive us to the heart to the heart of God. Let's bow in prayer, Lord. As we were reminded this morning that we need not fear because you are in control and help us to be strong. Lord, help us to be busy about your work. Uh, Help us to pursue in our own lives a godly life that represents you well. And Lord, we do take great comfort to know the victory is yours and to know that Whatever is between now and the ultimate victory, you promise your grace. So, Lord, thank you for the multitudes of people that have gone on before us, that have been true to your word to the very end, some as martyrs, some as faithful servants that live their whole life faithfully representing you. Lord, whatever the call you have for us, may each of us be found faithful, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.